Can't you just feel it, Harry? It's our big chance, man. <laughs> All we gotta do is show a little class and a little sophistication, and we're in like a dirty shirt. Yeah, that's no problem, Lloyd. We can be classy and sophisticated. Look at the fun bags on that horse hound. I'd like to eat her liver with some farver beans and a nice bottle of key ante. <laughs> Continuing completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up showdown with Paul Gitz, Travis McMaster, and Lauren Pacorni. Hello, uppers and downers, and welcome to the follow-up showdown three AF I I I I where we give this season we give worthy second chapters to top one hundred stories that don't have them. This is a podcast where we pitch ultimate sequels to movies without them, and this season we are talking about all existing sequels to movies on both versions of the AFI Top 100 list. I am your host, Paul Getz, and with me are my co-hosts, last season's champion, Lauren Picorni. Hello, Lauren. Hello. I got nothing. I'm just really impressed by your animal impression. <laughs> oh, you'll hear a lot more of it, I, I assure you. Yeah. And Audioverse award-winning writer... Travis McMaster. Now, Travis, I don't need you to say hello, but Lauren, my God, I, how does it feel to be in the presence of this man day in, day out? Well, you know, I, sometimes it's just, I, I can't, it's overwhelming. <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> it's the only answer there is. Hi, Travis. You can hello. Say yeah. <laughs> hello, everyone. Okay, so today's subject is 2001's Hannibal, mm. sequel to number 65 on the original Top 100 list. And it's one of these, unf I'm surprised to say, that fell down when it came to the 10 years later list, number 74 mm. on the 10 years later list, 1991's The Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Our guest today is a producer at Bloody Disgusting, and I wish I could say more, but Travis will say more in just a moment. Pacific Obadiah, thank you for being with us today, Pacific. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on this show. I'm excited to talk about Silence of the Lambs. Less excited the Silence of the Hannibal, Lambs, but sorry, the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An important distinction, not to be confused with that other movie, right? Well, yeah. if you listen to the French Connection podcast, Paul has very strong feelings on these yeah. entitled. Oh, it's an important part of every movie title. This is just one that I I've always thought of it as Silence of the Lambs. And then every time I came across it in my research or whatever, it there's a the. And I would I've right. never said it with a the. So now I'm gonna try to remember. You're gonna to say you're it. gonna correct yeah. that mistake, make up for yeah. years of lost lost thes. <laughs> exactly. <important>. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, mm. I would say that Pacific's not a podcast producer. He is the producer of podcasts for Bloody Disgusting. And he is a producer friend of mine from way back in the day of doing podcasts. He is producing the hotel. He's the whole reason that the hotel is like anything and up and running and on Bloody Disgusting and doing everything now. And, 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 and that's just for my show. He's also running like, 
I think we're up to 906 podcasts on the network that you're just all trying 25 to like, for now. 25 Maybe for another now. five more, later this year. More coming. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. But he does 10,000 jobs, and I take up a significant portion of his attention with just why my podcast. He can do Travis, everything. I might be the podcast producer at Play Discussing, but I am, am I the podcast producer friend of yours? Do you have other podcast producer friends I should be worried about? Well, Mark, Paul. <laughs> Mark and Paul? Arguably. Okay, competition. Yeah. Sights set. Let's go. Oh, God. I'm just <laughs> Thanks, Travis. <laughs> yeah. I like to collect um, podcast apostles. Mm. Podstals. Mm. Mm. Hey! <laughs> all right, all right, good there we go. <laughs> That's that's what we look to learn for, among other things, but that primarily. <laughs> okay, so before we get further in, let's get into two Travis McMaster minutes. Two Travis McMaster minutes. And let's have Travis mm. describe everything that happens in these two movies in two minutes. Are you ready? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the clock. Let's go. Go. Uh, FBI Academy trainee Clarice Starling is star pupil of the Academy and mentee to head of the FBI, Jack Crawford. Crawford, thank you, um, has been tapped to be sent in to interview the infamous Hannibal Lecter in the Maximum Security Arkham Asylum or whatever because they are trying to get him to give them information about serial killer Buffalo Bill who has got a uh, another victim, the clock is ticking, um, and they want Hannibal to help out. Hannibal takes an interest in young Clarice because of her earnestness and her, um, her sharp, keen eyes and her instincts. And he starts toying with her, and it becomes a game of cat and mouse um, give and take between them while she's trying to get information and learn about herself in pursuit of Buffalo Bill. Um, eventually, they do get information that sort of leads to him. I'm going to be honest with you, the plot of this movie sometimes confuses me, but right at the end, uh, Hannibal escapes because he's the devil. I could give you specifics, but trust me, he just kind of like, he, he, he does, does it. He escapes. They catch Buffalo Bill. Again, I'm a little confused on the details. And Hannibal uh, uh, calls Clarice Starling from the Bahamas during her graduation to let her know that he's not going to be pursuing her, but he is pursuing um, doesn't matter. Dr. Chilton. Dr. Chilton, who was yeah. his imprisoner. Yeah. And then in Hannibal, 10 years later, he is Hannibal, loose in Europe, posing as Dr. Fell in Italy. And Clarice Starling gets a new haircut and gets roped into um, an Italian police officer's investigation of Hannibal. Too late to save his life. She has to go, or no, Hannibal comes to her. What the hell? No, no it's not what <laughs> I watched it last yeah. night. It's yeah. a little murky for me, too. No, it's um, tough. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. Anyway, they 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 get together and and Ray Liotta eats his own brain, um, and then Hannibal <laughs> cuts his hand okay, off. Okay, that's the end of your minute. Wow. wow. Uh, Oof, I really yeah. lost that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, I had a I had a hard time following Hannibal too, but she she she's hired by No Face. Oh, I didn't even bring yeah. up Mason Verger. Yeah. My oh right. yeah. 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 Um, and the only reason mm-hmm. she does it is because she's in trouble for the shooting thing. Right. And that takes up 25 minutes. Right. And she, yeah, she's there's kind a of lot. In, yeah. She's in bad. She's in, not in disgrace, but she's on the outs with the FBI because right. the drug bus went wrong. That was not her fault. But she is nest, un, uh, un, in okay. any event on the outs. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard. They've seen the movie. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know how you guys felt about this movie, but 
Hannibal felt like it had a lot of loose threads. Like first the shooting gone wrong and like, uh, and that kind of gets resolved, but then gets brought up later in the film. We have this yeah. old rich guy who like hires her, has his own agendas, trying to capture Hannibal um, and captures Hannibal. And his threat is kind of resolved. Uh, and then there's like a cutaway to a different problem because there's, of course, Hannibal in Italy. No, like, uh, and then like Hannibal had similar issues. Maybe Italy is just really hard yeah. to work into Hannibal stories. Well, season three of Hannibal, <laughs> boy. Okay, well, we're getting into other sequel territory. But yes, season three of the TV show Hannibal, the first half is supposed to be Hannibal. The second half is Red Dragon. They're yeah. trying to fit it all in. I think the issue... But everybody's least favorite part of any Hannibal is the Hannibal part. In Italy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Italy stuff a lot. In the show? The, or in the, the Italy movie? stuff yeah, was fun. I like the... I, I actually kind of like this movie. All right, no, no, no. We've got to... Wait, 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 wait. We're saving. We're saving. We're saving. We're saving. We're, saving. <laughs> so we're, talking we're talking about Silence, Silence of the Lambs, of the Lambs. first. Okay. okay. I'm just going to lay down some, like bare bones like what are the most like uh, funny little tttttts about it okay so this is one of three movies to win the top five oscars they call them best actor best actress best director best picture and best screenplay in this case adapted uh the other two are one flew over the cuckoo's nest and it happened one night so this is one of three to All do right. that wow. to scoop the top five hmm hmm I, just, I think it's, it's interesting, interesting. Hmm. looking at the three pictures that have swept it. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure you I wouldn't imagine that these three, right? It's a weird combo. It's, it is. Because it's not like all three romantic comedies or all three musicals. You've got, you know, well, I, I think it's interesting that 1991, we all collectively went, yes, this, this fucked up. I want the combination of a police story and a monster movie. And we're mm -hmm. going to make that our whole personality for, if you remember, 1991. You could not get away from Silence of the Lambs references. It's true. I mean, when you look at the years, and okay, so what it happened one night, 1934. No idea what was happening. That's then. with Clark Gable that, and Claudette Colbert, right? Yes, but it, and, wow, and, and, yeah, and sure. I like that movie. Well, I didn't know it won uh, so many Oscars. Yeah. The hey, movies top were five. only like. In 1934, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, you know. Who cares? But, but then 1975 <laughs> is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, nice. and that's like mental health situation. Like, it's, yeah. it's on its way to Silence of the Lambs. Sure. Yeah, at least. That's true. Uh, it's very dark. It yes. is. Yeah. And this, in the 70s, we were pretty... We were pretty, pretty bummed back then. Pretty bummed. Pretty, pretty bummed. bummed back then. So much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, outside. Okay, all right. So that's, that, there's your bare bones facts. Let's get into everybody's feelings about this movie. I love Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. The Silence no, of the Lambs. No, no, no. I mean, you know, th this is an all-time horror classic. I'm a big horror buff. Of course, this is going to be, like, one of my favorite films. It's, despite being a, a film from the 90s, like, it has aged very well. It's an incredibly well done film. It feels authentic. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of themes, you know, that maybe weren't prevalent in the 90s that are prevalent now. Like, uh, you know, mental health is obviously big in, I think, recent discourse. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, gender envy and feminist issues that you can look to Silence of the Lambs and kind of analyze it through a lens of. Uh, it's an incredibly well-rounded film. It's fantastic. Great director, great actors. Anthony Hopkins, I mean, come on. Whew. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Another yeah, important yeah. distinction, just like the yeah, Silence yeah. of the Lambs. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all in all, wonderful film. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah, can talk yeah. about Silence of yeah. the Lambs. I 
love Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I, so, the Silence of the Lambs is one of those movies that I was not, I didn't realize how much I liked it, just like The Shining, until mm. I looked back and went, I keep watching this movie over and over. Lauren was heard to remark in 2020 after however many, whatever rewatch it was for us. Cause I was like, Hey, probably, probably once a year since we've been dating. So like almost seven years. You know? I just said, I think it was 2020. And I said something like, sure. Hey, about time for that silence of the lambs rewatch, huh? And she went, we can. And I was like, Oh, do you not love it? She's like, no, I like it. I just, <laughs> I never thought I'd watch it this many times. Watch it every life. year. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like well, back backing up to what you said before about your feelings. You kind of sound like Clarice. Thank you. Thank you know, you you, you don't necessarily you 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 hesitate to say you like it or you hesitated. Now you say it. Yeah. But Lecter. but yeah, you couldn't stay away. Doctor yeah. Lecter. Doctor Lecter. Oh Dr. yeah, Dr. I see. Lecter. I see. But I was surprised how little I remembered watching it this time. Like, you know, like the main stuff you remember, like the girl in the pit. Um, mm -hmm. Buffalo <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Buffalo is a fundamental part of that movie. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't remember like Clarice's like flashbacks throughout the film. I didn't. Hmm. What else didn't I remember? There was like it's a only, whole thing. It's only like two flashbacks. Two. That's what I kept yeah. on there. Like they're I easy yeah. to forget. I didn't yeah. They're not integral. They're, I've seen this movie a lot. They're not flashy. There's a lot mm. of really striking, upsetting imagery to dwell in there. Um, but I, sure. I really liked it. This last time, I feel like I could really see what it was and what it was like for the mm -hmm. first time when people first, first, first saw it. That's what this podcast is for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very good yeah. movie. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I, it's still not one that I think I'll like as much as Travis does. But watching, I'm like, this is like solid. Like, mm. everything is like really, really doing good stuff. That 10-3 mm. watch is where it really crystallizes. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's one of those movies that like, you know, especially upon rewatch, it's really easy to see how this movie has influenced like other more modern horror movies, you know? So I, with a lot of old films, I feel like at a point they get kind of dated where it's like, oh, this is fun, but it's been done better now. So like this film mm -hmm. kind of depreciates in value. I feel like Silence of the Lambs is one of those, the Silence of the Lambs. It's one of those few films that like, even though the genre has like expanded and grown so far past it, like it still holds like some really great nuggets. And I don't know any other film has quite hit the head on yet. Yeah. Like they haven't really improved on the Oreo, you know, like. That's <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> like mm -hmm. still original, still yeah. genuinely upsetting in a way that films just either go too far on or don't get creative. They do it yeah. wrong. They're just trying too no, hard you... to be edgy without saying so. I, right. Every time I watch this movie and uh, Tak Fujimoto's insane, brilliant cinematography, I just, I think I even said it this time we were watching, I was like, do you think other movies that are trying to make a statement about the male gaze feel embarrassed at, at how effortless yeah. <laughs> oh, bring yeah. up at this point? Like, all Silence of the yeah. does is just keep the camera it's... on the male, and it's super effective, and, like, mm -hmm. I haven't really seen that done anywhere else. Right. Yeah. What do you My feelings, thank you, <laughs> uh, are, well, okay, so my first memory of it was just my mom telling me about it well before I was ready to see it. And also sure, warning yeah. me against it, being like, never watch it. It's horrifying. It scared me, blah, blah, blah. But my mom is notorious for saying that and then immediately describing everything that happens in the movie. <laughs> sure. And so I, I don't know how much of it I remembered before I saw it, but I knew enough to know what I was supposed to be scared of. 
And then, you know, I watched it and I loved it and I've watched it and I've loved it and I've watched and I've loved Mm -hmm. it. And that's been my experience with it. And then this time watching it, I loved it. (laughs) And uh, I guess, you know, trying to see new things and find new things for the podcast. I did find some and there were plenty. Uh, Mm -hmm. The male gaze being an enormous one of them and how prevalent of a thing that is in the movie. And just, I mean, male gaze, regardless, apparently director Jonathan Dem, Demi, Dem, I think Dem said he put that in there as a way of putting the viewer in Clarice's place, not necessarily as a feminist statement, but just to put you in her position throughout and so that you would be on her side. I don't know why you wouldn't be on her side in this movie or in this story. But when it comes to characters out outside of just men like Hannibal Lecter staring at you, it does become something different, though he is bringing that up as well. He is uh, something else, that man. And uh, boy, is it effective. But as far as the movie goes, I could see it becoming dated to some extent just because time moves on i eventually it must right right i mean to some extent there is always going to be something to pick at Uh uh, as time moves on but i wouldn't i think that this movie makes all the right and smart moves to avoid that and when it chooses to be gory is a part of that like it is about some of the most and always was and always will be some of the most disturbing material you can think of in terms of the characters you're dealing with and and these are your main characters at least two of them buffalo bill and hannibal lecter Mm -hmm. um you're not going to get a lot darker than those guys but they avoid showing you so much and i think the movie is so much richer for that it almost cuts away from a majority of the violence like it the film builds up so much tension and suspense. But I'd venture to guess, like, the first three-fourths of the film, I don't think you see anything graphic. It's just Hannibal's cell. It's, you know, the talk about cannibals, the talk about Bill. Crime scene photos, dead bodies. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and it builds this image in your mind of, like, how how horrifying the situation is and how horrible these two men are. And then, like, it's not until, yeah, the the very end where Hannibal escapes, and it, it is a horrifying scene but even then it's like you know we see it through security monitors like we're a step removed from it you know it's just now it, it does something really well with violence where it's like it talks around it and by doing that it really emphasizes it super well and in a terrifying way right my yeah. favorite cut in the whole movie is the sequence where they reveal how hannibal has escaped and they go from <laughs> seeing the fake out dead body Hannibal on top of the elevator, the police get to that. And then they cut to real Hannibal pulling his face off behind the EMT. And then we immediately Mm -hmm. cut to what must be hours later of Ardelia getting the phone call and running down to tell Clarice. We don't see any, almost any of that violence. All we see is the blood splatter on his face. Everything else. Yeah, the after effect. Because he pulls it off his face. It's fresh. And then the the moments that they do see show you are just like a quick shot of that guy suspended up above the bars or you see him pull the face off up close but it's just for a second just enough because they know that after that moment if they keep showing it to you you're just gonna go yeah that was gross a second ago it's hard to go beyond the burst of violence buffalo bill inflicts on his victim Mm. in the van Mm. where he just bashes her and you don't see it 
And then when Hannibal bites the man's face, it's hard to picture anything getting more horrifying as far as a burst of violence goes. And then the next thing you see, the closest thing after that you see is Hannibal bashing the man with his baton. And it's almost like lovely mm-hmm. yeah. in a way, you know, the, just the blood spattered it's very on him. poetic, and sure, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the film covers your eyes for you. You know, it just, yeah. every time something right. violent happens, like I said, it, yeah. it shies yeah. it away from you. And almost as it goes, it's quicker to cut away. It's like, you know yeah. what's happening. Just cover your eyes now. It's almost enough to deal with just conceptually. Like the concepts right. are dark enough yeah. that it's hard enough for you to watch all the way through and like be exposed to the ideas mm-hmm. that the movie is presenting mm-hmm. as opposed to the actual violence. But I was my fun fact is that uh, the original plan was to have Hannibal in a orange jumpsuit And it was Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, who said it has to be white. And and supposedly that was like he he thought it would be the most unsettling for him to be in all white. And the reason behind it was because of his fear of dentists. Oh, Uh, oh, that's interesting. That was a fun fact, Paul. That was really fun. fun. So as far as the movie goes and its writing, we got Ted Talley. He's the screenwriter on this, adapting from Thomas Harris. He wrote White Palace, All the Pretty Horses, Red Dragon, Mm. and Twelve Strong. These were some of his other hits. Notoriously private and shy, Thomas Harris declined the opportunity to be involved in this movie at all. However, after it was a big hit, he sent a case of wine to all the Oscar winners involved. Ah, classy. Hannibal-esque. Just as a note for you, Pacific, that's where I'm trying to get career-wise where people just sending wine to your actors where people like mis- notoriously mysterious travis mcmaster has never <laughs> sure. been seen or heard from we love his stories he'll mail you, know, you something nice if you get an oscar my other writer's notes are that uh, jamie gum's dance was not originally included in the screenplay and it was only at ted levine's insistence that it be put in because it's in the novel because he Felt it was uh, oh, uh, interesting. important to the character. I've been practicing. Just let me show you. Yeah. If you don't like it, we won't use it. Yeah. This is actually a perfect, because um, I only have, <laughs> I have very few celebrity stories that are personal, but this one I have, and it's Ted Levine. Paul Jr., my dog, well known to the podcast. I was on my way to wine country, Los Olivos. My sister and separately, my girlfriend, went into the store to get stuff. I was out in the parking lot walking my dog. Ted Levine pulls up with a truck hauling a horse trailer. Classic. And he sees Paul Jr. And he walks over and he goes, Oh, hey there, little gremlin. And he pets him, my little buddy, my little boy. And then he says, uh, I got a few gremlins back home myself. God. And then he, and then I mean, you know, those are the those yeah, are that's, the that's like the dog yeah, equivalent yeah. of an autograph. How how special! I know it would have been. Please tell nice. me that when he drove his his trailer away, you said goodbye horses. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> damn it! You know, I guess it was it like uh, Buffalo Bill was out of my mind when it came to this because he was more Stottlemyre to Levine sure. uh, from West. Monk. Oh, oh, he right. was more that, you know, that's how he looked. That's how he, that was his, his composure. He was not Buffalo. Bill. I was picturing Wild yeah. Wild West, Bloodbath McGrath. Right. But no, not that. He, <laughs> he, was, he was more sweet captain of, of Tony <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. And he's right. Instance. Paul Jr. does look like a gremlin. Yeah. He is a gremlin. For the record. A lot of people say Stripe specifically from sure. the Gremlin franchise. Mm-hmm. Got a mohawk. Oh, that's a good gremlin. Yeah. 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 Well, he's an asshole. That <laughs> well, gremlin, it's a gremlin. Guy. But as far as yeah. gremlins go, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. People love to. It's like a brag when they go. He's like Stripe. You know, Stripe <laughs> from Gremlins. You know the murderer Not one? Gizmo. Ah, and then... Gizmo's lame. Stripe all the way. Welcome to Gremlin Talk, the only <laughs> hey. podcast where we talk about all the Gremlins. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Yeah. Been a while. <laughs> yeah. Not as long as you think. Um, the, my, my last writer's note is that the famous line, I ate his liver with fava beans and an ice candy, was adapted from the book. Uh, in the book, he doesn't say Chianti, he says, Amarone, which maybe I'm saying that right. If I'm not, it's fine because the reason it was changed because it was, the concern was that American audiences would not know what he was talking about. Jokes and on so you! I didn't know what a Chianti was. was yeah. oh, or yeah. fava. <laughs> I think I knew what a Chianti was because of that line. Right. Like I, I, I made sure to educate myself. Sure. I want to be like him. I think. <laughs> I said. Oh, incidentally, my first. Um, experience with Sil- the silence of the lambs with- was with my mom too okay. she also described it to me and i looking back i think it's interesting what she chose to describe she told me what the movie was about because i asked and she described clarice's story about running away from the, oh okay the la- the, the silence of the lambs yeah, part like, portion that, of the story that's what she chose to tell me what the movie was a, about. a critical part one could say yeah yeah, yeah. Like, not what the movie's about at no. all i was very confused i was like okay and so heavy Aww. Director's notes. Our boy Johnny, uh, also known for Something Wild, Philadelphia, the remake of The Manchurian Candidate, Rachel Getting Married, you know, indie. The hits. He's got to do the indies. Sure. Uh, yeah, he, he directed those. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then, I, I have a yeah. director's back about Philadelphia, and the reason that that was his next picture after Silence of the Lambs yeah. is he got a lot of blowback from the gay community oh, about the transphobia yeah. and the stuff in the silence sure. land that he was kind of, that was how he found out about the problematic nature of that stuff. Interesting. And he Interesting. took it start, so yeah. he made sure his next movie was about specifically that. Yeah. And of course, Philadelphia. Poof. That's nice. I was going to say like, that's like the, I think the biggest thing about the movie that when we're talking about if it holds up, if it's still is good today. And mm. like, that's like mm-hmm. the one thing that's like, Shine, it's like the sorest thumb in the movie, just right. But, no, that was a big, but that's big interesting to me because yeah, yeah, that was a big problem, and it was we were, we were, we were, yeah, people were well aware of it. But I do feel like the perspective of the movie is about the time, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's making a positive light of the way anybody looks at anything, hmm. including the psychological ramifications of that kind of thing. Or, like, I mean, I guess, I guess if you're looking at Hannibal as your source of most enlightened right perhaps some of what he says is the is the most barbaric well they in do, terms of what we knew they do yeah. the best they can in their 90s way like clarice even has has a line that says uh trans people aren't inherently violent um, oh right, I, right, I think right, Hannibal right even i don't know if he's talking about miss moffat or buffalo bill himself but he says they weren't trans they just they were mad right. depressed they thought they were something else so they did do what they could to tiptoe around it. Mm. Um, but I think just stuff like that in the crying game, like it was just a thing in mm. the nineties. Sir Anthony, when he found out he was cast as Dr. Hannibal and it was based on his performance as Dr. Frederick Trevis in the <laughs> elephant man, he questioned the direct, uh, Jonathan, Johnny boy and mm. said, but he was a good man to which John 
uh, said, so is Lecter. He is a good man too, just trapped in an insane mind. Mm, yeah. I don't know that I see it that way. Well, that's the the, yeah. the idea that he only eats the rude, that he is respectful to people. Like, yeah, you, but mm, I understand that the, at the end of the day- That's more emphasized in two. In Hannibal, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's established in the first one. That's I right. understand, technically and he, speaking. And he doesn't get to he kill doesn't a lot of people. Just eat well, no. <laughs> he he kills some innocents. Cops, yeah. right? I, I mean, yeah. the only killings yeah. we see. I Look, I understand yeah. that I, I'm coming up against the end of this sentence being the only bad thing he does is eat people. And that's a pretty bad <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But well, I think what the character's core is cordiality and respect and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the only bad I, thing he does is eat people. Yeah, I mean, he's incredibly charming and incredibly disarming. You know, it's very easy to sympathize with him because, you know, he's he's intelligent. He's well spoken. It makes sense that a person like this could exist and get so far in society before he gets caught because he is so disarming. Right. Which is, I think, another reason why it's so terrifying, because it's like, oh, it could be anyone. It could be any good person. Right. Well, this is a perfect transition into actor's notes, because we got to talk about if nothing yes. no one else if nothing else sir anthony here sure. this is what we're here about Talk but about I, well okay so for me watching it this time because i've seen so many other depictions of hannibal sense and specifically mads mickelson mm-hmm. on brian fuller's hannibal that's mm-hmm. a charming man it, you know what he I mean? is yes he's charmingly charming and then when you look back at this performance who which i love he is a predator He's a monster in a sense. He's the type of monster that you look at like a spider or a snake mm-hmm. that's just viscerally terrifying. Mm-hmm. And you look him in the face and you go, that thing's here to kill. Oh, like, right. do, 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 you can yeah. stay away from right. that. That's, thing. That's <laughs> yeah. Everything I yeah. like about that is camouflage to draw me nearer. And yeah. I can tell. And I think that mm-hmm. the POV that they do from Clarice helps with that, where he's just looking at you and you go, oh, no, 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 thank yeah. you. But yeah. this time around was the most I felt like his behavior especially when behind glass he's more unhinged than you would think someone could be in society and get away with he knows he's exposed as everything that is monstrous about himself and so the way that he behaves even toward clarice who is someone he likes and respects is to be vicious and venomous uh, yeah i don't i I mean it's weird Mm -hmm. to say because he hates it but rude he's rude he cuts her off and he says yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah, like, and 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 he tries to throw her off, and he tries to offend her, and make her sad, and make people like he what the he toys wants. Toys with experience. Yeah, w- like what he mm-hmm. seems to want, and what he puts out there as a person is not something that you could meet on the street and go, "Oh, that's a nice guy. <laughs> that's a smart guy." Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. And I want to give credit, not not to jump ahead too much, but I want to give credit to him in Hannibal for bridging the gap between back to society, but also like, Still. what? <laughs> this right. guy is what? Still kind of out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual notes, so this role was offered to Jeremy Irons first. Sure, I could see that. Oh, He turned it down because he had just played Klaus von Blau in Reversal of Fortune. The Another... Klaus von Blau? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> Basically, he didn't want to play another dark character, whoever that is. What? Jeremy Irons said no to this dark character. Two years later, yeah. he accepted Scar. 
Yeah, yeah and then and then uh, <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance. Sure. Right. Oh, he yeah. learned his lesson, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He regretted. Yeah. It. But this was also for Sir Anthony, supposedly his last chance at Hollywood. Like he was, he had been acting for a long time, but he hadn't made it to the A list. Yeah. And so, if it weren't for this, mm-hmm. he would have gone back to exclusively British stage. That was That's my question wild. when we yeah. were watching this: is what was Anthony Hopkins when they when they announced the movie? You see him in the trailer. Is this because I know he had done Elephant Man and he had done M and stuff? Magic. Like, sure. Was he like not M? Yeah, Magic. But was mm-hmm. he like who is there? Who was he? Was he like character actor Anthony Hopkins? Was he like a guy who was in stuff? Was people did they not know? I mean, maybe it was just more about his the ceiling he he had in mind for himself because I think he was fairly well known. Yeah, like you look at the trailer and his name is big. You know, okay. he's like I think right people knew who he was. I right. think it just wasn't he wasn't where yeah. he believed he 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 deserved to be. He's right. Westworld. And then he won the Oscar for this. At 24 minutes and 52 seconds of screen time, Anthony Hopkins' performance is the second shortest to win Best Actor at the Academy Awards. Shortest is David Niven in Separate Tables in 1958. The Klaus von Separate Tables? Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) As far as Clarice goes, Jonathan Demme wanted Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh. She said no. But Jodie Foster was lobbying hard and had been suggested multiple times by specifically, I believe, Thomas Harris, Ted Talley. All the writers were all behind Jodie. And then when she came in for her interview, she got it by the way she walked up to him. Oh, yep. Right. She walked up with such sure, sure, sure. confidence that she's the best. Was like, she's yeah. in, if you she's have, so good. Watch her in Bugsy Malone. I love watching an amazing actor, like a, an amazing child actor. She is incredible in Bugsy Malone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I guess you could also watch Taxi, but Driver, Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver. Taxi yeah. Driver. Oh, yes, yeah. But Bugsy Malone, <laughs> uh, and then Ed Harris turned on the role of Jack Crawford because he didn't find it interesting and would have rather played Hannibal. Fair enough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Scott Glenn did great. Yeah, he did. It's like a, it is a small role. That would have been a small role for Ed Harris. Uh, he's got a lot of screen time. I mean, yeah, but he doesn't feels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it's like Lawrence cares. Fishburne yeah. <laughs> got the role of Jack Crawford in Hannibal, the TV show, he took a lot um, to heart for that role and felt a great deal of responsibility to it because it was Scott Glenn's role. More and, American Graffitis, sure. Scott Glenn. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they had worked together on Lawrence Fishburne's first movie, Apocalypse Now. So he, ah. and he had really taken care of a very young, I think, 14 or 15 year old Lawrence Fishburne. Really? Yeah. Who lied yeah. about his age to get in the movie. Um, so he was taking care of him. <laughs> sure. So when he got the role in Hannibal later, he was he wanted to do a, a really good job for Aww. Scott Glenn. The last one I'm going to go to as far as actors facts goes before we move on is Brooke Smith, who plays Catherine Martin, the victim in the pit. Mm-hmm. Lauren's favorite scene uh, <laughs> uh, was so impressed by Ted Levine's acting she asked him what was up like how you do that uh, and he said he didn't know what to do so he drank a lot of coffee <laughs> that was, sorry, that, was the audition, that he was uh, like I didn't know how sure. to get there so it's... I got like jittery so any yeah. any actors out there if you're lost stick it up make yourself yeah. extremely uncomfortable right. and go for it and people will go what are they doing you know what I don't all joking no, aside, I will say, as a producer, yeah. as a producer and writer and stuff, when I get an actor who 
even if they're not as strong as other actors I've worked with, if they are just picking a direction and they have a perspective and everything they're doing is in line with that, mm -hmm. even if it's not what I had in mind or bizarre or weird, I do just go, well, they, they know what they're doing. Right. They, 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 have, a, they have a vision. Right. Yeah. And vision I just kind of yeah. trust it. And if nothing else, it turns into something interesting. So yeah, yeah actors, if you're bad, just be a little weird. Yeah. Nice. My only music note is that the American Girl scene where she's singing along before Buffalo Bill mm -hmm. gets her is that that the only other song in consideration for that scene was Tell Me Something Good. Hmm. Tell me something oh, okay. good. Different energy. Yeah, I like the one they went with. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. very good. No, I like that one. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. She. Yeah. There's, great. there's your unsung hero, the <laughs> victim of She's, the movie. Hit girl, hit girl's your unsung hero. Fifth, fifth, fifth build. All right. Yeah. What, what a heavy burden to carry, and what an exhausting performance to have to do. That's true. And what a thankless. By the time you get to Pit Girl, you have to go through Anthony Hopkins, Jodie Foster, yeah. Scott Glenn, Bud Bloodbath McGrath, the dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The yeah. Violence. Darlene. Darlene is the name of the real dog, but oh, yes, yeah. yeah, precious. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Supposedly, the FBI was very impressed with this movie's accuracy. Loved it for the sake of wanting to recruit female officers. Not sure why anybody would want sure. to join the FBI <laughs> for sake of this film if they were on the fence. It's like, oh, well, the science of the lambs. Well, it looks like uh, they all get treated yeah. really poorly. You're telling so me I could right. arrest a cannibal today? Sure. I they specifically pointed out her infantilizing herself and saying, I want my mommy as like a very accurate thing yeah. to these types of situations. The only thing that they didn't like uh, was Clarice going in alone at the end. They said that never would have happened. And when the director said, when Jonathan said, well, this is the emotional climax for her character, they said, okay, it was one in a million. Would, it was one in a million, would never happen again, we agree. Who the what? FBI said that? The FBI said like, Give okay, this would be a situation. Yeah. <laughs> about my scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess he did. He cared enough to at least explain it. Whatever. Right. So before we move on to Hannibal, I have lots of fun facts. I have eight left because I wasted some of them <laughs> already. <laughs> uh, how many of eight do you guys want to hear? Let's do. Let's start with three. The Disney's Zootopia is oh, no. <laughs> a remake of silence of the lambs that's what? where the actors I... <laughs> we have a small police officer female in a male dominated I mean... yeah job she pairs up yeah. with the fox the predator the hannibal lecter uh -huh. and the, the villain's the lamb Whoa. That is I'm that really Jason upset Taylor. that you brought this up. Oh man, that's wild. That totally wild. makes sense to me. I hate that you've made that comparison in my mind. That's <laughs> pretty that fun. Is... I love both movies. Uh, I'll take them. Well, I'm just yeah. looking yeah. to Brian Fuller's Zootopia yeah. TV show. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this is pretty great. After Jodie Foster first read the novel, she tried to buy the rights herself. She was so keyed up on being Clarice. She found it had already been bought by Gene Hackman. Mm. Gene Hackman had intended huh. to, for this to be his directorial debut and to play either Hannibal Lecter or Jack Crawford. Ooh. He withdrew and gave up the rights after watching a clip of himself in Mississippi burning at the Academy Awards 
and it made him uneasy about taking violent roles. That's so Aww. cute. Yeah. That's so oh, cute. interesting. He's a sweetie. Same he with the <laughs> French connection. He <laughs> didn't like saying, playing yeah. that guy. He, he didn't like, yeah, he, he didn't like the violence. He didn't like oh, the cops. For yeah. a guy who only huh. plays some of the bitches, he, is, he seems like just a <laughs> I know, he's so good at it. He's such a tender man. He's an awful. Not always, but <laughs> often. And the number one. Clarice Starling was chosen by AFI as the sixth greatest movie hero out of a hundred on the list of, of heroes. Wow. Number six. And the and the highest ranking female on the list. Sure. Number six. Hannibal Lecter was chosen as number one greatest movie villain. Wow. Yeah, that tracks. Over yeah. Nurse Ratchet. Just, just for my, my own frame of reference, yeah. uh, who's AFI's number one hero? That's a good question. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you had it prepped. Yeah. You have all these notes. You have all these sweatpacks. <laughs> yeah, who beat out? Yeah, I want to hear it. I'm curious about this list. Also, or, I'm or at least tell me who's number five, right? Like, I got it. Atticus know. Finch, number one. Okay. Hmm. I'm a little curious how the number one villain doesn't get the number one hero. I guess that makes right? sense. Right. There's a bit of disparity there. Yeah. She also didn't, oh. catch, she also didn't catch him. Right. He no got offense. away. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Not a great Dylan's hero. She yeah. wasn't. Yeah. She was working up to Hannibal level. You're not you real know. FBI, are you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's talk Hannibal, guys. I, Hannibal. Hannibal my, time. So I liked it. Um, Oof. I would say that I definitely agree that it takes it does it's not the shiny apple that Silence of the Lambs is, and it's, right. it's as much fun as it is to be with Hannibal doing stuff and and with Clarice. Frankly, there is sort of an element of like, mm. all right, this is kind of cool, not as cool, still cool, only okay. For me, Mason Verger does a lot of the heavy lifting. That Italian police cop guy, fucking love him. I'll watch him all He's day. He's wonderful. Long. Yeah, the the first half of that film i think is phenomenal maybe even the first three quarters of that film is like really really well done and i just feel like that ending just like flopped you know like like i said earlier i feel like a lot of the storylines they start in the beginning you know are tied up but they're kind of tied up sloppily like the whole italian cop arc is just tied up with like oh he's dead now so now i'm gonna go visit my bestie in america it's like <laughs> What a shitty ending for this cop that was like so close to it. And man, they did that cop dirty and he was cool. Yeah. As cool yeah. as a cop well, you can be. You, you can't catch the devil. That's true. Mm. That's one of my yeah. favorite things about Hannibal yeah. is even in Silence of the Lambs, as soon as they take him out of that cell, he begins behaving oh, as though he's already free. And I love that. And he was. That's why they don't show you how he <laughs> yeah. got the while he's chained to a dolly, because he's just the devil. It's over. As soon as you He's right. The line of salt, the demon can leave, you know. Mm. I love the way they like really expanded the Hannibal character. You know, coming from the Silence of the Lambs to this, like you really get to see that subtlety, that nuance, that politeness, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That how um, he might you know, like function Paul, like mentioned, in the world. Really yeah, yeah like it's not present in the first film, but he still has that edge. Like when he um yeah. when he stabs the the, the pickpocket the pickpocket, like, yeah it's just it's ruthless it's quick it's yeah. fast yeah, yeah. like yeah. Th there's no remorse it just happens and it's over and you're like whoa wait what he's bleeding he's wait what yeah. and it takes you minutes to catch up and he's already like gone down the streets yeah i also love and i didn't notice it until wa this watch through because of course i've seen this movie a handful of times but clearly sure. hannibal is just bored of being a normal person 
his version he's of the retired oh, he says, i need to come out of retirement right. and you can see yeah. him in the scene you can see ridley's direction real quick and subtly in the first scene with the italian cop patsy 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 it's funny mm-hmm. it's a little hacky but it's patsy patsy yeah. patsy he's a patsy the patsy patsy well they exist <laughs> What are you gonna do? No, I mean like <laughs> as a patsy, like as a fool. Why is this being room. explained? This is in the movie. This is in the movie. <laughs> is it? Yes, yeah, he goes it's... over and over again. Uh, About... Patsy, uh, was it uh, clever? Uh, oh, really? It's insulting. So patsy, sorry. patsy, blah 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 blah. Okay, I might have I'm, nodded off for a few minutes during that section. <laughs> sorry, I can't. I can't hold. You my hate the whole I thing. Movie There's sucks. nothing redeemable for no. you. No, the only oh thing I will give this movie one thing, and it's not in the first half. I'll tell you that. I don't like the first Really? Half. No. What about the, the carousel scene? No, the carousel scene's fun. I hate Gary Oldman in this movie. I'll t- I, I, don't like, I don't like anything about this movie until Hannibal's eating Ray Liotta's brain. Eating Ray Liotta's brain. Eating Ray Liotta's brain. Ugh. is the only mo- move in the movie that's like a visceral awful. experience for me and something that I would never see otherwise and would never want to see even though I've seen it. That upset Mario so much when we watched that. The, just the cutting of the little piece and the chopping. No. And See, the, seeing his, seeing no. his mind work yeah. a little worse after it gets cut out. Uh-huh. I guess it just depends that, on like that what your scene... figures are, but like, for me, the pigs right. are a lot more visceral and upsetting. The pigs were great, part. yeah. Pigs are rough. Like, pigs are rough. Really, really that scene, like, you know, we, we talked about how they cut away from the violence and the silence of the lambs. They... I feel like linger on the pigs a lot longer than anything else. Oh, yeah. Cause even the, the brain shots, they cut away at yeah. which God, I hated that scene, but like, you know, the pigs, I feel like they kept coming back to it. It's like, Oh, here's um, not Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins escaping <sighs> yeah. and back to the pigs. Oh, look, there's the old man and back to the pigs. Like they kept bringing it back. Like they've this really was... loaded that Chekhov's gun. I mean, I've definitely heard of it since it's definitely the first time I had been aware of the idea of pigs eating people you never Pigs saw eating flesh wizard of oz or well, snatch <laughs> yes that's right wizard no i'd see i'd seen yeah. snatch you're right i had seen snatch that's right and i liked it in snatch yeah. more than this no, i don't I mean, know i mean, I, mean I felt like the pigs among everything else much like mason verger much like everything that was gross in this movie outside of mm-hmm. the brain eating was just like gross for sake of being gross mm-hmm. but i mean i i took yeah, it i feel that more close to probably the book mm-hmm. than the first movie was and i and i sort of happen to know that now having looked back at it because a reason jonathan dem and jody foster didn't return was they didn't like it right they didn't like the book right. and they didn't yeah. like the next 15 drafts that they were trying to get to the point that they mm-hmm. liked it Airport and that makes novel. sense to me yeah. it's just like it's different. oh absolutely yeah i, I like uh, it but i don't when you explode and say you hate it and you rain fire on it, I'm my feeling is like I get it. That's fair. I didn't even get to rain my fire, but I don't want to because <laughs> like I, I don't want to be like fighting everybody. You know, I'm I mean it you. is what it is. I'm a good person. The movie's there. It by the way, does anybody have any guesses on Rotten Tomato scores? Oh, I think uh, I actually looked it up, so I'll, I'll omit my guess from this, but thank higher you than I expected. For being a sw- a gentleman, you Pacific, <laughs> and, and he, yeah, <laughs> ninety and fifty-eight. Okay, for Silence of the Lambs, I think ninety-six, mm-hmm. and for Hannibal, that... I think sixty-three. Oh, wow, okay. interesting. Uh, I don't know Silence of the Lambs. I'd guess a ninety-seven. Um, I do 90... know Hannibal's, which, like I said, higher than I expected. Oh, interesting. 
That's it. I mean, yeah. I thought it was right where it needed to be. Thirty nine. Yeah, you think so? Thirty nine percent. That seems low. That seems low. Mm, for Scott, that seems cool. low. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty low. That's right where you speak. And uh, 95 <laughs> for Sounds of the Land. It's a 96. Lauren comes in closest, yeah. We've got <laughs> our writers on Hannibal. We can, you know, we'll Man, talk more feelings. Sorry, mm-hmm. did you, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have more oh, to say about your feelings? Yeah. Hannibal. Um, yeah. It's very watchable. I can't, I'm not actually sure uh, if I can Oh, no! I like it. But no! Like, <laughs> it's it's boring! It's boring! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, Lauren, I'm totally with you. There's a lot of great moments in this movie. Like like I said, I really enjoyed the carousel moment. That's the moment that's just, I think, cinematically, it's just fun. This little cat and mouse game. It's not the deepest thing. It's definitely not as deep as The Silence of the Lambs. But, like, it's a fun sequence, right? And I feel like there's a lot of fun sequences Wait, like that. you mean that. the carousel sequence? When uh, when Clarice is chasing Hannibal, she's right. on the phone with him, yeah, trying good. to find him I in that, like, little mall area. Can I say it's that fun. What I, it's What I yeah. don't yeah. like about that sequence is mm-hmm. how Sorry, often Lauren, in I... this movie Hannibal Lecter is dressed like Anthony Hopkins. I know, he cuts his hair! <laughs> <laughs> he cuts his hair! He goes to America! When did he cut his hair? Why did he cut his hair? Blended uh, in America. Well, but, America. What does that mean? What? <laughs> Americans have hair? God, I hate Lord. this movie. No, doing <laughs> more as Clarice doesn't quite work. It's right. She might as well not even be in the movie. It's right or out of the movie every chance you get. I understand that the point is like FBI sucks. FBI is a dick, but it's not even like a male-dominated thing. It's not even like pointed. It's just oh, oh yeah. There's no like fun feminist, feminist commentary in it. It's just yeah. like how do we keep you from doing anything the right. whole movie so that Hannibal can save you after you save him? Like you get one second of glory in a dress yeah. for some reason. Some yeah. airport. No, I but, don't like that they put her in a dress and heels. Well, he uh, did. Yeah. Well, yeah, but He's, they they're in yeah. control of him. Yeah. <laughs> but for, Lauren, for you. What yeah. what makes this movie fun, right? Because I, I think that's where we're both at, right? It's a very fun experience. Yeah. No. Me? <laughs> yes. yes. Sorry. Lauren, oh, please. Um, yeah. I mean, I can I can see the argument that it's boring, but like it's I think it's doing enough stuff for me right. that like it's and it and it's just weird enough and it's just like upsetting enough and it you know that like you it's very watchable. I think. Okay. Like, I, I, mean, I, I like I said. It is I kind of boring. Say, it, it, watchable like a lot of really scott movies are i have a ton of problems with the movie like i said i really hate how they like open and close five different storylines but Mm. moment to moment like it's it's very enjoyable all the sequences with the cop in italy like they there's not a point in this movie where it feels slow I do, however, feel like I want five. Sorry, <laughs> no, cop in Italy. No, I can't. Cop in Italy. I, I like that actor. I think he's fine. He's great. He job, but I don't like the experience. It's an hour of watching this guy go. Like, I guess we're supposed to hate him. Like, we're supposed to hate everyone who's not Clarice or Hannibal. We're supposed to think Hannibal's a dope dude because he kills the rude <laughs> and everybody else fucking sucks. Mason Verger, the guy that wants to get him, he's a child rapist, so fuck him. Uh, fuck the cop because he has a young wife fuck him we can't like him we can't like anybody because everybody's an asshole except Hannibal and Clarice but it's like Clarice is the only good person we're supposed to like Hannibal in comparison to everybody else and then the cop go is a fucking dumbass who sorry I'm trying not to curse this much but he's we're supposed but... to he's supposed we're... to be kind of like a like a schlub like he's down on his luck he couldn't catch il monstro who is hannibal we are supposed to judge him right. a little for having a young hot wife who's 
like he has to have money to keep her happy right things like that it, it he falls right the movie does kind of go like hey, everyone look at these sh- schmucks right look, hannibal is the schlubs. only good guy i mean he's not a good guy but he's better than these guys right, right? and then hannibal and then, sure. and then the cop is just like you he says i'm a professional and that's why he's confident he can do it but then he does nothing to like change his path he does nothing to look into it he just wants the money and so for an hour we watch him go oh okay i'll get him uh, I'll get him, I'll get him, I'll get him. And then he fucking dies like a fucking idiot because he is a fucking idiot. And he lets Hannibal fucking sneak up on him and fucking kill him because he doesn't fucking notice any fucking thing. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. <laughs> hey, everybody. I know I don't normally bleep the curse words, but that was, uh... Sorry. It's sorry. It was a Before we get too far into this, Travis mentioned that uh, you know, he, he really dislikes the scene where we see Clarice wake up. She's obviously drugged. She's uh, been dressed by Hannibal. Uh, what do you guys think about the ending? Because originally, and correct me if I'm wrong, the ending of the book is Hannibal and Clarice fall in love and they go off on international escapades together. Ew, really? Yeah, they eat mm-hmm. uh, Reliota's brain together. Something about that. Yeah, they're that's airport such a, novels. That's such a terrible choice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right? Why yeah. Really that was the script they were going in with the Jodie Foster signed off of as the mm, Jonathan yeah. Dem, and then they changed it because Julianne Moore I but, honestly don't even like in the first movie whenever Hannibal does his like poking prodding her with sex questions no things, just I, to pester yeah. her I just yeah. cut that out in my mind I'm like I don't yeah know. Like, no like no I'm with you it feels no, it but, feels out of place right yeah. well but I'll take it for the sake of like because I'm not thinking of the silence of the lambs as like indicative of the hannibal that i love in hannibal the show not the movie sure but it's like it's a different (laughs) hannibal and i'll take that character for what that character is because he's not charming i do not read he and clarice's connection as a connection in the first one Mm. because and and that and that's another thing that i don't like about hannibal the movie is that in the silence of the lambs clarice is smart enough and capable enough and used to the treatment of males enough to do what she needs to do and just be a decent person to get right. what she needs out of her interactions with Hannibal. And that's all it is, as far as I can see. Yeah. And then in Hannibal, they treat it as though they have scenes of her listening to the recordings the of their conversation. Yeah. The first one, and she like is smiling like, <laughs> oh, Hannibal. <laughs> I remember that's oh, so Hannibal. much fun. So now, I, I think you're totally right. Like, the first yeah. film does a, such a good job at, you know, if we're interpreting it as a feminist piece of literature, which it can be interpreted as, it does a great job of like flipping the male gaze of having, you know, this woman, you know, showing us like what it's like a day in her life with all of these men harassing her, bombarding her, and just kind yeah. of trying to manipulate her. And she's, like you said, she's wise to it, right? She knows what's happening and she knows how to kind of play this game with them. And this and Hannibal is such a step back from that because like suddenly like, oh no, I'm helpless. And it's like, oh, if we make her helpless, Hannibal will come out of his cage to rescue her. And it's like right. that it's the antithesis of the original story. And it feels, I don't know, it feels yucky, I guess. Also, like the scene, because like, you know, as we've said many times over, everybody treats her a certain way in the first one because she's right. a woman and they're men. The only scene that they do that. I mean, at least as on the nose in the second one is the cop that's in charge of the team 
in the mm-hmm. bus that gets her in trouble. Mm-hmm. There's the one yes. cop that won't listen to what she says, and I'm guessing it's because she's a woman. Sure. But it's also that cop just sucks. Every right. every other team says, okay. Right. None of the other well, men yeah, were like, like, shut up, Clarice. Yeah. It was just yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, and Ray, Ray Liotta. Yeah. His cartoon. Ray Liotta sucks. To Paul's point, to a cartoonish degree. And I understand that, that yeah. like, men are like that and, and et cetera, but in Silence of the Lambs, men were just crappy in that normal, casual way that men are. Right. Um, and in this movie, yeah. he's literally like, hey, Starling, why don't you put your panties yeah. in my Corn mouth? cone pussy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean to say, oh, yeah. 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 He's going to feed him his own brain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, I agree. The thing I don't like about this movie is, I love Julianne Moore, but her as Clarice doesn't feel like Clarice. It feels like a, a cop person just, they just some give other her character. Nothing. I mean, it's not her fault i don't like her relationship with hannibal in it i'm mostly here for mm-hmm. Berger, for the italian stuff mm. um i will say that like you can really smell the 9-11 coming off of this movie especially having pre-9-11 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 and i have a fun fact about that osama bin laden part of that top 10 yeah. most wanted list oh no most people didn't know who he was oh shit he was at that time because 9-11 hadn't huh. happened Yet. So I guess it's wow. not 9-11 Interesting. I'm telling, but yeah. the early surveillance state stuff growing. Because all of that imagery yeah. at the beginning of the movie with the like the security camera footage and oh. stuff. <laughs> the, birds. the birds! How stupid is that? Well, How like fucking the, yeah. dumb is that? Birds. Hannibal's face like in the face birds? birds? I like Hannibal's face in the birds. Oh, uh, why? What's it like about <laughs> He's that? everywhere. He's the devil. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the... What do you know where all these birds make his face? That's the thing. It's like it'd be oh, one thing if there, was a, if, if there was a, a theme it's, in the opening. It sounds better in the original Italian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the killer and the birds. Yeah. The murder of pigeons. <sighs> sure. I'm sorry. No, I, hey, no. No, hey. I mostly <laughs> I kept yelling in the middle of Lauren's feelings. I'm, I'm just surprised that this is the movie. Like, you've never gotten this hot about a movie. This is the <gasps> one. This is how, how mad we were I guess Avatar. I'm just so yeah, surprised. Yeah, that's I'm, like. yeah. I'm just surprised nobody else hated it. It's well, also, when, it's not the first time. Listen, don't get me wrong. It's a bad movie, but it's it's a an easy movie to watch, right? Like it's moment I to moment, just, like yeah. really, even yeah. on the no. moment to moment stuff. I, fair, I, I, fair I enough. I can't. When it came out. Yeah, people didn't like it. I know it. Thirty nine percent. It was you. not well liked. Yeah. I I liked it as much then as I do now. I'm like, I don't know. Hannibal's there. That's cool. Red yeah. Dragon is better. It like is. Red Dragon, uh, Red Dragon yeah. is much better. Which, yeah, yeah I, I didn't even love Red Dragon, but like it's still a few steps above this one. Yeah. I really like that one. I own that one on VHS. Good. Yeah. Um, For my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Just to get some facts about So the writers of Hannibal, David Mamet. Mm-hmm. Anybody who doesn't know, do you know who David Mamet is? He wrote The Edge, Paul. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so right. Movie-wise, best known for Wag the Dog and Glengarry Glenn Ross. And then the other writer, we got Stephen Zalian. He wrote Searching for Bobby Fischer, Schindler's List, Clear and Present Danger, Mission Impossible, Gangs of New York, The Girl with Dragon Tattoo, American Gangster, and Moneyball. So this guy is an adapter machine. Machine. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, how do you adapt? I mean, from a book. You see the tools I have to work with. Yeah, exactly. I guess I don't blame. Look, they cut out the, the electric eel thing. Yeah, with the sister, they cut out the sister out entirely. The sister. Mason's sister, Margot. Yeah, <laughs> I could hear it though. I could hear it. That's a, he's a very Cordell. 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 Um, cut a check for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. 
cocksucker. <laughs> um, I I don't know how much like this is a crazy fact. Sir Anthony Hopkins wrote a screenplay for a sequel to this movie titled Hannibal Ending. Oh, which would inv- have involved Starling killing Lecter. Uh, and it was never used. That feels like a good ending. That, that happened. Right. Why show not? me. Show me. He wrote the a whole movie <laughs> and kept it to himself. I want to see it because he's also come out as saying he never should have done Hannibal or Red Dragon. Huh. Well, that's really. Here's the point. I can I'll see Hannibal, but Red saying... Dragon too. I like Red Dragon, but here's the points I'll give him for saying that: is you watch Red Dragon and you go, "That guy's seventy. <laughs> he sure does not that look guy like sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. they, they dyed his hair black. And yeah. I, we all just sort of went like, ah, it's a, fine. It's yeah. fine. But also, Anthony Hopkins is one of those actors where, like, I'm, I've never seen him young on that's, the screen. Mm, you know, that's true. In my he life. has kind of a timeless oldness to him, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, as we said, Ridley Scott directed this movie. I couldn't find any other movies directed by Ridley Scott. I'm really? sorry. I, I, I looked. Oh, what direct. a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> These are the one and done, I guess. <laughs> but it was supposed to be David Fincher. Oh, and then he shit. dropped out. Oh, yeah, a lot cool. of people dropped out. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would have yeah. been cool, yeah. I imagine it would have played out about the same. Sure. Yeah. More takes. <laughs> Based on what the pieces you're working with from the novel, because clearly there's these big set pieces. There's the pigs. There's mm-hmm. Mason. There's Italy. Clarice doing nothing. I don't know. <laughs> but there's, there's <laughs> sure. the Italian detective. It's like... There are ways to make all of those things cooler, but I don't know if there's any way to make that story sing. Well, we wouldn't find out until um, over a decade later with Brian Fuller's Hannibal on NBC, where he did do that story and made it sing. And a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, it's everybody's. (laughs) Well, everyone needs to chill. (laughs) Because the third season, the front half of the third season of Hannibal is great. Bonsoir. I I like Red Dragon better. Bonsoir. Oh, I agree. Oh, it's great. Richard Armitage in the in the Brian Fuller sure. Red Dragon yeah. adaptation. That's I, I agree that happens. Stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Actors' notes for this flick because both Jody and Jonathan Dem dropped out of the film. Two and days. Also, Jody made like a declarative statement about why she said, "I've been offered more money than ever in my entire career to make this film, but who?" Well, I can only Clarice. I don't know her real voice. That's a real voice. I've been offered more money than ever in my entire career to make this film. (laughs) But it's George W. Bush, isn't it? It's true. But 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 who cares if it portrays Clarice, who has become like a real person to me in the end? Leave the saving of the world to the men? Yeah. But why don't think so? But she didn't accept it. That's what I'm saying. That she she made a statement saying she didn't accept the most money she'd ever been offered because she didn't like what they did. Yeah. So I, I looked that up because I, I was also very curious about the casting change. Uh, and I think even in that interview, she says that's the nice and official reason, mm. kind of hinting that like the real reason is that the script was garbage, right? Mm. Mm. Sure. Uh, I can't that's remember where I found that. It was, yeah, there's like 10 different sources like, oh, this is why she dropped out. But I will I, say that I just... think that's her polite answer. If you just look at that script, because the good things about the movie aren't really the script. It's the performances, the way that Ridley puts together, yada, yada. Absolutely. But if you just read the script, I think the response is going to be a lot closer to Paul Mm. than to any of our more reasonable, like, well, I thought this part was fun. It's because we could see the brain. Right. (laughs) What the horse's ass is this? Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. 
so because both she and Jonathan Dem dropped out, Anthony Hopkins was furious. He was very concerned. Sure. He was about to drop out, at which point John Malkovich and Tim Roth were being considered to replace him. Oh. I can't imagine oh. anyone would have seen this movie no. without at least him as Hannah. Malkovich. Like, oh, my God. Clarice. <laughs> I, I always go walking when it comes to Malkovich. Uh... Um, now Christopher Walken, that would have been a good Hannibal. That, you know what? I would have. I might have gone. I would have gone for a Christopher Walken with some fava beans and a nice candy. I like that. That's good, Lauren. Well done. Well done. In the end, he was paid twenty million, and that's why he did it. Ah, sure. Respect. Jim Carrey, Cable Guy, dollars. Yeah, no joke. Um. Jim sent him a gift basket. Welcome to the 20 million club. <laughs> According to producer Martha De Laurentiis, Gary Oldman demanded to share star billing alongside Sir Anthony and Julianne Moore, and when refused, said, just take me out right. of, the, of the credits at Damn. all. Damn. I mean, I think that's fair. I think Gary Oldman has earned it. I mean, I do think it's strange he was cast in this movie considering. You don't, you see don't him. really see him. He he's, he was a character actor, though. He's widely considered a, a character actor. Whatever the true story is, his official statement was different. His official statement was, we thought of that as I'm unofficially the man of many faces. You know, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, Dracula, Sid Vicious, Ludwig von Beethoven. We thought I would be uh, playing the man with no face. So we just had a bit of fun with it. Yeah, that uh, sounds like a lie. That was a really he, good Gary Oldman, though. Okay. That sounds like a lie. Yeah, for sure. I agree <laughs> with you. And then my last casting note on this... Frankie Faison, Barney, from mm -hmm. both, and Red Dragon, yeah. yes. and Manhunter. Wow. That's right. But not oh. as Barney. He played Lieutenant oh. Fisk. But he would have been in every single Hannibal movie if not for Hannibal Rising's release. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm, interesting. Right. You know. For Clarice, it was ultimately Anthony Hopkins who recommended Julianne Moore, but Jodie Foster suggested Claire Danes. Mm-mm. Uh, oh, you say, mm -mm. okay. No, I, I like Julianne Moore's closer to, Claire Danes is a very soft-spoken, Claire Danes isn't going to yell at me. <laughs> sure. Yell at me. What, what, what do you call yeah, yeah, yeah. Foster in the first movie? She's going to yell at you. She's soft-spoken. She'll yell at you. Go on now. Go on. What? That's it's, yelling? That well, was no, your yelling? No, that's not, no, she does yeah. yell. But I can't imagine Claire Danes excusing a room full of cops that tower over her after her boss just but isn't that the challenge of the whole part yeah and i don't think claire danes it wasn't homeland that. that was her yeah, whole that was thing the whole oh i didn't watch homeland. i think she could do it <laughs> i didn't watch homeland or 24. yeah i mean she's older than homeland, <laughs> but I, think she could do it. Oh, I saw terminator 3. pretty good i like lauren's movie taste terminator 3. yeah, yeah, yeah. i agree it's pretty good the machines, oh, the machines. hell yeah Rise. Let those machines rise. Yeah, I was just told it they was didn't rise really bad. It's but it, it's pretty good. The ending is yeah, devastating. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty good. That's when the machines rise, right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! A special animatronic puppet of Ray Liotta was used for some parts of the brain scene. I hope so. And he doesn't know which is which. <laughs> that sounds like Ray Liotta. Oh, <laughs> creepy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a method guy. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. Okay. All so right. I got fun facts for Hannibal. Great. I'll pepper them in. 
So does anybody have anything more to say about either The Silence of the Lambs or Hannibal? Yeah. The only thing I have to say is that we recently watched a movie that had the Italian cop actor in it. Hmm. And Travis oh. Was, hey, the cop from pa- Hannibal. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, sounds like a good movie <laughs> that you watched. I mean, I like that guy. I thought that actor was a fine actor. Yeah, for love, sure. love him. He's, yeah. he's so good at like put upon, dumpy. Yeah. And I meant fine actor, and not just like fine. Yeah, I meant I like a fine, a fine actor. actor. Yeah. yeah, He's definitely yeah. bad at his job. Yeah, definitely. He had no chill whatsoever. No. Well, I, want, I should be clear, though, that the reason he is disgraced is because he could not catch the Il Monstro case that he was yeah. dismissed from is trying to catch Hannibal. He failed at catching Hannibal. Yeah. yeah. So he he feels like he sucks, but he just couldn't catch literally the devil. I think but that's, he's doing I, good. I, I, but I think mm, I think that's indicative of the kind of problems I have with specifically Hannibal as a movie. Is it's just like you really have to listen to understand what's going on. It's not like I didn't understand what's going on, but it I was like mean, yeah. I wasn't like picking up on who these characters were just by watching them. It was a lot of right. like a lot of sitting there. This stuff I'm telling you yeah. is because I recognize it from Brian Fuller's Hannibal. Mm. And yeah. then when I watch this, I go, Oh, oh sure. I, yeah. I never yeah, really I see what's Feel monstro yeah. stuff yeah. except yeah. for it's on uh, yeah. Brian Fuller's Hannibal. Right. Uh, okay, so new segment we got what do we got? We got cars with credits, we got boats of note, we've got what was the other one? Airplanes Air, uh, with planes with fame. planes with parts. Oh. Planes with parts. <laughs> And now we have to have a new one. I couldn't do better than rousing housing. That's great. Thank you. They live in there with a spouse, maybe one or two mouses. Either way, let's get soused in there, rousing housing. I can't believe we live here. And these are houses with multiple roles on IMDb. Okay. Technically. Oh, fun. So Paul Krendler's Lake House, the finale house Uh of Mm -hmm. this film, is the same house used in What About Bob? Oh, like, oh. Where we all go and oh. Bob I'm surprised I didn't recognize that. I watched Richard yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 That was a <laughs> Um, and then Mason Verger's mansion was also Richie Rich's mansion. Oh, I should have known that too. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> they might have been redone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Throw some know. pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Does it really distract you? Yeah. From the finer details of architecture. <laughs> so that's the end of that segment. We did it. Um, I loved it. Time for Unsung Heroes. Unsung Heroes. Anybody have any Unsung oh, yeah. Heroes? Hit it, Paul Jr. Unsung Heroes! My one from Silence yeah. of the Rams is in, um, it's in the last shot, you know, the long shot of them walking in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And there's this lady that like is walking away from camera and she just goes up to the security guard and she's passing by and just like runs her hand up his face like and just walks away all flirty. Oh, what a fun little detail. I love that. This just answers one of my unsung heroes, which was a question mark. This oh. is like a crossover. This has never happened before. Oh my God. I just wrote question mark because in the credits, it says airport flirt. And then it has a name. And I was like... Oh, airport flirt i don't remember so that flirty. airport yeah. flirt this totally she, she, she oh, yeah. a great walk i, I noticed it right away wow. this makes oh, up catch. Richie rich's house <laughs> I know. I myself. Um, what, what's your hannibal? hannibal yeah um it was uh 
Oh, right before uh, Hannibal is nabbed by the hitman in the van, they're like mm. watching him. There's a close up on the the hitman with his sunglasses, and you can totally see the cameraman just like chilling in the sunglasses. Oh, hell yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, that's a good one. My he's not super an unsung hero in the sense that he's like a background guy, but it's just someone that doesn't get brought up a lot in Silence of the Lambs, and I think just because there's so much in Silence of the Lambs to bring up. But the 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 the, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the silence. <laughs> but at the yourself storage unit in wherever, oh, the yeah. fact that it's owned by some like eccentric <laughs> Transylvanian goosebumps character. Yeah. 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 Uh, he does not uh, like labor. Manuel <laughs> Yeah, in the middle of Virginia. Well, yeah. I guess this is the same country that sees many exotic serial killers. Right. I don't know what's in the water, but it's also just weird to me that it's it's not brought up a lot in Silence of the Lambs conversations. Yeah, it's yeah. I definitely it stuck out to me as yeah. like a whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His scarf and everything. He looked crazy. Did we interrupt you solving mysteries somewhere? Yeah. Incidentally, do you remember the name of Airport Flirt? the actor no okay i just wrote it down because i was like who who that's great like <laughs> yeah maybe they probably wouldn't credit her but they're like uh, she's she, go chase her. oh go yeah chase her. you can see her yeah we're gonna credit her. she didn't get the cash she was warranted but yeah, we'll put boy. her in the credits immortalized in this podcast yeah. that's nice. my jonathan dem <laughs> we didn't get the cash she's warranted <laughs> um, could be great. yeah yeah as far as i know boy um my unsung hero for the first one outside of airport flirt question mark was policeman's mustache yes uh yeah everybody knows what i'm talking about the guy who's like the head of the squad and his mustache is like shaved underneath and above yeah yeah i wouldn't call it pencil thin (laughs) but it was a very specific shape i just feel like Mm -hmm. that actor was like i know i know i'm playing a snooty waiter tomorrow (laughs) i can't shave it oh god and then for hannibal i've Two, I well, no, the other one. I, I, I don't want to. This is an unsung hero, but I want to point out where Hannibal's sitting at the opera opposite Patsy. Patsy. Um, yeah, it's just so funny to me that he's on the very edge, and it's, he's on the edge to the point that his arm yeah, seems to like... be hanging out into the aisle, you know, so that it's easy for him to be believed that he can turn around <laughs> twice casually and, and look at Patsy. <laughs> he's like secretly trying to, like, um record the performance yeah it's really weird the way he's sitting (laughs) um and then same sequence i thought it was so funny Mm -hmm. especially because again this is another part of this cop where it's just like what are you doing man like what you're not doing any cop stuff like you're not doing cop work you just think you're gonna just do this no problem uh he approaches him and his wife after the opera and he hands her this you know, hundred year old sonnet piece of paper brought with him. Sonnet? Yeah, manuscript. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep it. It's like, wait, wait, wait. What you brought? That? Where That's is a priceless artifact. Yeah, yeah. I would be so uncomfortable because I'd be like, oh, I was just making polite conversation. I don't want. Is this valuable? I don't really want this. Do yeah. This, do I hang it? I'll sell it. And like, uh-huh. it's weird enough as just like, even if everything else had like worked for me, that would have stuck out as like a what Hannibal brought that it was pretty sure. wild yeah but then separately from that it's like as a plot point for the for patsy it's like you don't suspect anything <laughs> like yeah. you don't think this guy's on to you at all <laughs> yeah he's not good at his job yeah that's weird no i was gonna say as far as unsung heroes go I, for hannibal i have two uh the first is um when hannibal is in the perfume store and he's like sniffing that sample mm. 
they use that shot like five times and that lady that's handing him that sample man she got her five minutes of fame damn right uh, similarly uh in verger's mansion uh we have like his one assistant who's like following him around the whole film the one that like dumps him in the pig pit right oh now there's oh. yeah there's a scene i think it's when clarice is visiting there's a second assistant that I swear to God is like his identical twin standing in the background with like the same exact outfit, just with like a coat on, I think. Uh, and he stands, he like does something and then you never see him again. I wonder if it was a stand in or like a, or a stunt double or something. We should rewatch Hannibal. (laughs) But you guys bringing up that it had been like changed. I forgot about the eel thing from Hannibal and stuff, but it's like, that they had changed it for the movie, it makes a little bit more sense. But that's another thing that I found so dumb was mm-hmm. the anticlimactic thing of like, hey, why don't you throw him in the pig pit? Like, hey, oh Cordell. my God, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, why don't you toss him in? Well, okay. Actually, so you like, could say it was me. Yeah. That's something we're remarking on about like the Hannibal movies is we don't see Hannibal do a whole lot of horrendous stuff like definitely some mm. but the stuff is sort of just like happening around him and he's like, yeah love it sure he's yeah. like bugs bunny but like it- <laughs> yeah he's like the, um... but i know what you're talking because it's like okay really yoda sucks obviously that character sucks but it's like even what he does there is too far for clarice and that makes sense yeah but like the cop it's almost like the cops begging for it. <laughs> like it's like especially given how many times he brings up and he was hung with his guts hanging yeah. out. It's like, that's oh what's going God. to happen to right. you if you keep coming around. That's, yeah. Like putting your, dangling yourself in front of me. I it's feel like really... these movies, I don't want to say suffer from, but have the same bookishness. Mm. And they don't always feel like a movie yeah. like you wanted to because they are very popular books and you have to adapt them from the books and you have to stay true to them to a certain degree. So certain elements... Yeah, like maybe Potsy's stuff makes more sense in the book because you're hearing his thoughts sure, or whatever, whatever. Right, but right. when you translate it to a movie, the same thing. The same thing in Doctor Sleep. So much of Doctor Sleep when you watch it, I love that movie, but so much of it you do kind of go like, so was this okay, like a whole chapter or yeah. what are we yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. But I guess I I think that the di- a, a, a specific difference in terms of the movies, these two movies, is that the Silence of the Lambs feels tight yeah in yeah. fact mm-hmm. it's almost confusing in places when you're jumping from plot point to plot point to be like uh what are all the specifics of how we got from here to here mm-hmm. it doesn't really right. matter because you have all the of the essentials yes uh mm-hmm. and you know the major broad story strokes and you can fill in the rest later if you're interested but it definitely does not linger or right. or you don't wonder about because the core the of yeah. that movie is Clarice's <clears throat> character and emotion yeah. whereas the core of right. Hannibal the movie is this series what? of plots kind of strung together sure um the problem is that like Hannibal barely works as his own autonomous yeah. guy the fun of it is having the <laughs> lightning in the bottle if you take it out of the bottle you just get electrocuted instantly to <laughs> right. death yeah. I remember thinking right. uh, toward the beginning watching Hannibal was like we're 35 minutes in and we haven't seen a scene with Hannibal yet. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, whole movie? <laughs> yeah. never mind. Like, like, sure. it, it's not like he does a bad job. It's just like, it's just not special. Right. It just doesn't right. feel, you know, there's something that doesn't play. Okay, everybody. Are we ready for pitches? Yeah, ready. I oh am so ready for pitches. Okay, Travis. Yep. I would love for you to pick the order. Cool. 
if you could please yeah um, i just like to throw this in i would prefer to go last oh, oh yes, going first. son of a bitch <laughs> uh, all right pacific yeah. goes last okay pacific goes last um let's do poll first okay yeah and then let's do lauren and then pacific and i will go last okay well last. pacific it's an odd <clears throat> time to meet you uh and do this <laughs> but i'm gonna do the much like back to the future i'm gonna do the trailer <gasps> yeah okay i'm only asking you to look at this doctor either you will or you won't take All us right. away so whew, i'm gonna try to be fast okay fbi agent matt thackeray Dulé hill gets into the front passenger seat of a car and closes the door looking disturbed Thackeray, do you ever get used to things like that? Special Agent Clarice Starling closes her driver's side door and buckles her seatbelt, cool as a cucumber. It's not our job to get used to it. It's our job to stop it. Yes. She starts up the car. <laughs> Movie studio logos. Voiceover. Special Agent Clarice Starling still can't sleep at night. We see Clarice lying awake, staring at the ceiling next to her sleeping husband, entomologist Dr. Noble Pilcher. From the first one. Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. Yeah. Aw. Cut to Noble serving Clarice a beautifully presented gourmet plate of food. Clarice, duck for breakfast? Noble, it's dinner time. Voice over. There's a killer at large. Clarice stands in front of a wall of crime scene photos, briefing a room full of FBI agents. Clarice, we only know him as the doll maker. He abducts and embalms children, coats them in some kind of resin, paints them to look like porcelain, and then returns them to their parents. We see flashes of the doll maker. Pete Postlewaite, stalking a child, painting the cheeks of a still child laying on his work table, a parent opening a large box to find their own child and screaming, then a quick flash of one of these dolls looking malformed having rotted some over time, voiceover, and an old adversary taunting her with murder. We see several crime scenes with bodies staged in the artistic tribute style of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Jack Crawford, it's Hannibal. There have been six bodies in five years each in a different country, and each with a clue only you can decipher. We see Clarice lift a corpse's fingernail to find a folded stamp underneath. Jack Crawford, you're saying he wants to be caught? Clarice, no, but if he is, he wants it to be by me. Voice over. Now, in order to stop the killing, Clarice and Thackeray work late in an office together. Clarice, he's doing this to right some injustice that was done to him. We need to find it. We need to find the source of his pain. We see the doll maker gulping from a glass of water with false teeth floating in it, his hand shaking violently. Then we see him sobbing while lying in a sunken bed, holding a leather strap and pulling it tight. She'll have to unlock the darkest corners of her own mind. A shot of Clarice screaming inside of her car at the top of her lungs, but we don't hear it. We see Clarice somewhere outside talking on a cell phone. Hannibal, off screen. You could have caught me in Florence. We could have been together again, but for one sacrifice. Shot of Noble about to leave their house, but Clarice stops him. Coverage of a police raid on what looks to be a laboratory building. Hannibal, why did you spoil it all? Clarice, because I'm not like you. Quick shot of Clarice wrapped in bedsheets, kissing and embracing a man who is not her husband. Hannibal, we're more alike than you think, Clarice. Quick shots. Clarice firing a gun repeatedly. Clarice and Crawford boarding a plane. Clarice, I think Dr. Lecter is here, that he's watching me. Quick shot of Noble opening the fridge to find two cuts of wrapped raw meat that he doesn't recognize. Jack, why would he come here? Clarice, something to do with this case. We see Noble in his bug lab looking curiously at a book. 
pick it up and offer it to somebody in a lab coat. Excuse me, is this yours? The man doesn't turn around. It's revealed to be Hannibal Lecter in a wig, without turning. (laughs) Oh no, friend. I'm afraid not. Music intensifies. More quick shots. Thackeray running through a hallway with flickering lights. Ardelia Mapp embracing a crying little girl. Crawford on the ground with a knife to his temple. The dollmaker slamming an adult someone against the floor over and over. We see Thackeray somewhere, walking, talking on the phone with his gun drawn. I think I found Lecter, Clarice. Maddie, listen to me. Do not go after him alone. Quick shots. The dollmaker walks forward but is stopped by Hannibal stepping into his path. Clarice opens the mouth of a corpse and a swarm of insects flies out. We see Clarice and Lecter in a room together but can't really make out anything else. Hannibal. You know, I've rather enjoyed our little game of cat and mouse. Which one are you? (laughs) Title. The Splendid Table. Close up on Clarice. Quid pro quo, Hannibal. Really good, Paul. Great. Yeah, I like good, it. Paul. I like it. Hell yeah. Splendid. Is that a reference to anything? Splendid table? The yes. Splendid table? Yes. First of all. <laughs> yes, the Splendid table, Travis. It's it's a famous Italian cookbook and also refers to the table that the doll maker paints his dolls on, as well as several meals throughout the film. The fact that Clarice's husband makes her gourmet foods, uh, Hannibal sort of manipulates that situation. Mm-hmm. They potentially eat human parts. You don't know. Sure. At some point in the film. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Terrific, Paul. Yeah. Truly horrifying. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Didn't flow like the Back to the Future one, but yeah. It's all right. You'll find it in the edit. I like it. That was a good format. I liked that a lot. Some Mozart to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see the trailer so vividly in my mind. Thank you. He's good at that. I'm glad it. (laughs) You ready? You ready, Lauren? Who? Who? Feeling good? I mean. Not after that. This is such a difficult movie to pitch a sequel to. Tell me about it and don't lie right now. Okay, picking up where we left off in Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter decides to take his time with Dr. Chilton to pay back for all the humiliation and rudeness he inflicted on Hannibal over the years. Make a meal of it, if you will. Lecter meticulously and patiently watches Chilton's moves in the Bahamas, where he stays, who he sees, where he eats. Hannibal even partakes in the local cuisine as well, but only in the most literal sense. He's saving his appetite for the main course. Finally, Hannibal starts dropping menacing breadcrumbs to Chilton that he is near, only confronting Chilton when he is good and scared by waiting for Chilton in his residence and drugging him. Chilton awakes, bound, covered in some kind of sticky substance, and Hannibal nowhere in sight. Instead, Chilton finds himself in the company of half a dozen emaciated and hungry-looking feral dogs. As they start sniffing closer and taking nips at him, Chilton becomes desperate and he is forced to break both his hands to free himself in order to escape. Chilton manages to continue... Hey, it's not a a Hannibal movie unless it's upsetting, right? That means I'm doing good. Um, Chilton (laughs) manages to contact his friend on the island and arrange a boat to Miami. He'll seek medical help once he gets there. Just anything to get off the island ASAP. Chilton meets his friend on his boat and breathes a sigh of relief as they pull away from Bimini and head out to open sea towards the Floridian coast. In severe pain and exhausted, Chilton drifts off to sleep. Later, he awakes to complete darkness and silence besides the sound of the ocean lapping at the sides of the boat. Chilton calls for his friend. (laughs) There's been a man overboard, Dr. Chilton. All we hear then is Chilton's terrified breaths and the ocean lapping at the boat. 
You should have been doing Hannibal the whole this time. This whole time. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. good. I went for it. I realized whenever you did yours, I'm like, oh, I got oh, to go do it online. Yeah. What's it called? Lamb and Lion. Oh. oh. No. I like that. Lamb and well, Lion. Well, now that you know it's The Silence of the Lambs, so does that change anything? <laughs> <laughs> so the Lamb, the lion. lion. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Paul, you want to hit us with a fun fact before I, I... Yeah, I forgot to do this between the last two. So maybe two. Real quick, though. No, please. Okay, when Gary Oldman showed up on set as Mason Verger, all the cast outside of Anthony Hopkins had no idea who the actor was. Uh, oh, it became fun. a rumor on set that it was Jared Leto. Ew. Yeah. No. This guy's <laughs> infiltrating my fucking rumors? <laughs> <laughs> They're casting this guy in my movie Rumors now? Oh, my God. He's been working since he was a teenager. He was big on oh, yeah. My So-Called Urban Life Legend. with Claire Danes. Yeah, really? right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. I know. Uh, okay, so to wash that one out of your mouth Please. before we get it. So so I didn't know this guy's name was so hard to pronounce. Z- Zeliko Ivanek, who played Cardell, oh, the guy sure. from House of Cards, sure. accepted his role specifically because he wanted to work with Ray Liotta. Aww. But when he introduced himself, Ray Liotta reminded him they'd worked together on the Rat Pack, and he was embarrassed that he didn't remember. (laughs) Did he even have? What scenes did he have? No, he didn't have any scenes. That's why I said all because I was like, "Well, well, but they they talk on the phone." Cordell and Ray Liotta. No, but Cordell's standing there. Well, uh, I mean, not that that matters. Yeah, I mean, still a phone scene. Maybe they had a scene because they're they're de- that was okay okay your pitch and this now remind me of a couple of other complaints I have with Hannibal Thank this you. this <laughs> yeah this part reminds me of how annoyed I was throughout that it was like how many plot points had to happen off screen to keep the sure, already yeah. overcomplicated plot happening like it was like mm-hmm. they he, it was kind of exciting to watch him get the bracelet it was exciting it was exciting yeah. to watch him get uh-huh. the thumbprint. And then the next thing you see is it's like a cutaway to Mason Verger and they're like, 100% match yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like, just yeah. Like, like not, yeah, yeah, not an interesting way to roll that out. And that mm-hmm. stuff like that happened throughout the movie. And then the other thing, the beginning of your pitch reminded me of was I was irritated how much they did the like, wouldn't it be nice if I had some food? Like, I mean, that wasn't a yeah. good example. You know what I mean? Like how many lines were like, Mm, I've had a few good meals there. Or like, it was like, like I want some food. And why not? Like, like it was just, humor. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, it was just. Now that's it, a $20 app stamp if I ever saw one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's twice in the first one, and they're two of the most iconic lines ever the fava beans and the I'm having an old friend for dinner. But that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't need to. He's classy. He doesn't right. need to be playing yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I think okay. even on NBC's Hannibal, Brian Fuller's Hannibal, they're pretty sparing with that, and it always yeah. lands. Every I feel like every food yeah, it, joke they make always lands. What a good yeah. show! Brian Fuller's so good at TV. Oh shit! I forgot to do other. We know him. We know the other sequels: <laughs> Manhunter, Red Dragon, Hannibal the series, Clarice the current series. Oh, yeah. Right. Hannibal uh, Rising. Hannibal Rising, right? Yeah. Hannibal Babies. Yeah. Crazy. Red Dragon was the year after Hannibal. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Wow. Wow. Oh, gosh, that's a quick yeah. turnaround. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do my pitch. Yeah. So this one, this one's going to be a little more like Paul's. It's going to be closer to like a trailer than a full pitch. Also, this is embarrassing. I didn't realize this until like halfway through the podcast. For some reason, I just did not come up with a fun gimmick for my killer. 
which is weird because that's the whole thing. You guys both did. I don't have a fun gimmick. I literally call him the Friday Night Killer. Hmm. Um, Mine's just Hannibal. Right. He did the pretty good, pretty good gimmick. Jesus. Yeah, the doll thing. So this, so whatever. Here we go. I mean, you you got like a description, fingerprints, anything like that. Hannibal Lecter is back on the Bayou. A serial killer is making his way across Florida, and Clarice Starling suspects he's headed for Mardi Gras. No one believes her, of course. Her jealous peers, experienced peers, suspect the young and eager agent of uh, trying to advance and showboating and being sloppy. Her partner, Harry Dean Stanton, is an mm, yeah is solid. an old by the books cops who sees his partner more as training duty. Got to train the academy out of you. She just about gives up on the idea, her hands tied by her oath, when Hannibal Lecter sent her a blank postcard with heavy lamb imagery on, on the front from New Orleans. It, I, I, didn't, I wanted to do the, like, uh, you can it later. perfume <laughs> thing, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. we already did that. We already did that. Um, so she visits her friend, Agent Ardelia Mapp, because she needs a friend on the inside when she goes on the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Clarice must hunt her serial killer during the chaos of Mardi Gras while also playing cat and mouse with Dr. Lecter. Map feeds her information to keep her one step ahead of the FBI, who's also now pursuing the gone rogue Clarice. But the Friday night killer uh, will take another life soon. And who knows who will end up on Hannibal's table. And a few sequences that we will see in the movie will be a bog corpse sequence with lots of well preserved. Yeah. Love a good you know, bog corpse. Like Yes. Um, Hannibal and the serial killer dinner scene with Clar- with Clarice and a victim tied to the chair, like in, you know, Hannibal, but not, not she won't be wearing the dress or anything. Um, a chase mm-hmm. sequence through the streets of New Orleans with killer Hannibal, Clarice, and Ardelia, and the FBI, all chaotically pursuing one another. Um, and then finally, Hannibal allowing himself to be arrested so that Clarice won't have to bear the guilt of her first on-the-job kill being him. Um, and then he gives her a big speech about the silence of that first gunshot, the take a life, do you have it in you? That kind of ah, thing. And that'll be the new silence. Um, the killer, the Friday night killer or whatever, is going to be Edward James almost. So we're going to get some really great scenes mm, with him too. I wanted to call this silence on the bayou, but obviously I called it silence on the lamb. Nice. That's <laughs> silence on the lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Linda Ronstadt's "Blue Bayou" will be the th- the song of this movie. I don't sure, know it's but it'll be trailer, trailer yeah, at least. Trailer song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. I like and it. Pacific. I like it. Good. I, yes, Andy. Wait a minute. I said I gave you the trailer <laughs> thing. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> work, work, work. Uh, all right. So and, uh, I'm not much good at this kind of thing, so I'm going to duck out of here. I've taken a different approach from the three of you. Uh, I, I do a lot of horror writing in my life, so I, I thought we'd take it somewhere a little lighter with this one, right? 20 years old, in college, young, somehow Anthony Hopkins comes on screen. <laughs> uh, and this is, of course, Hannibal, the delicious last course. This is the introduction to Hannibal's fine culinary arts. Now, he's in school, he's learning psychology, he's getting all these great accommodations, and it's wonderful. But really, the action of this, this is a gritty, early 2000s cooking show. Hannibal, Chef Ramsay style, you know, 
chopping some vegetables throw them in the pot delicious fava beans yeah let's zoom in on them i mean we got all <laughs> the fixings of a course uh of course the real twist is we gotta throw in hannibal's little ratatouille uh of course who else is gonna help him <laughs> manipulate the human minds than hannibal's ratatouille so we cut to hannibal in the kitchen cooking all of his recipes are coming out wrong it's terrible uh he's working at a restaurant he's a line cook his food is garbage everyone hates it plates are getting sent back it's terrible and then this little rat scurries up his pants or whatever i don't know and bam they start cooking (laughs) they start mixing and you know the rat he's incessant there needs to be more this protein isn't right these fava beans aren't right and it's the rats that pushes hannibal over the edge and the rat that introduces him to the forbidden final course human flesh and that's how hannibal gets started baby do you have a celebrity voice in mind for the rat uh i think it's got to be like jason manzoukas right you know oh, yeah, <laughs> really yeah. just... that's great i was thinking willem yeah. defoe but manzoukas star trek yeah. oh so willem defoe would be a good one but I, I feel it's a little too old we, we want like a younger yeah. guy like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's the title? Yeah, you have yeah. a title? Hannibal, the Forbidden Dish. Ooh. All right, all right. Okay. Nice. Okay. Origin it. story. Good. It's a bit of a prequel. Yeah. I also like flash forwards of like him talking to walls or rats in the wall of his cell in Silence of the Lambs too. Like right. a few little like. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, loop yeah, it all yeah. around. And that's how he got the pen from Chilton's. The like, rats. Oh. Yes. Uh, it all makes sense. Yeah. Every plot hole is Rat Hannibal's the Rat yeah. King. Rat Zookas. Yeah, Rat Zookas. Yeah, Rat Zookas. Now we gotta vote. Now we gotta vote. We vote in the order we pitch, right? Yeah. Right. That'll be uh, that'll be you first. It'll be me first. Lauren's was the only one that disturbed me. Sure. Nice. Lauren's which was... is what I I I'm already therefore I could tell from like two seconds into your pitch I was like oh I'm not I'm not getting the poster this episode <laughs> yours was good though I know yeah yeah I liked yours quite but a bit you guys them in New Orleans hello right hello so you was a good setting for I Hannibal. do vote for Lawrence I vote for um uh, the lion and the li- lion and the lamb lamb and the lion lamb and the lion it's a tricky title um not enough of those <laughs> <laughs> uh, I vote for Paul now I'm devastated because, yeah like likewise like that. Dollmaker shit. The dollmaker. Like, I was like, ah, because also, okay, I was pretty happy about that. I am also voting for you, Paul. Pete Postlewaite really put it over the top I for me. I thought that I is, would get you with that. that is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love Pete. Oh, yeah. Good old... and, oh, and uh, fun fact this movie kept Pete Postlewaite from making The Lost World, which I'm happy about. I like The Lost I World. I like, I don't, <laughs> and I like Pete Postlewaite, so I, I want to keep him out of it. Great. Yeah, well, then someone else can play that part, and you can enjoy that. Yeah, we <laughs> uh, I equally, Paul. I love the the doll maker, the resin. It's delightful imagery. Love the trailer format too. It was wonderful. Um, but I I'm voting for Lauren this time around. I Whoa. really liked what Lauren brought to the table. Yeah, we got a tie. Yeah, how do we break the tie? Oh, do we how flip do- a coin? Whoever can eat the most human flesh. <laughs> oh, it's easy, right? Hannibal impressions. Duh. Oh. Wait, damn it, she already won well, that. Lauren won what? that one. <laughs> you know what you were doing? Uh, Lauren Hannibal. I, I will say Lauren's Hannibal impression 
definitely brought her pitch over the edge for me too. So that is, that's definitely a consideration okay. for me. I think she has a great Hannibal impression. Uh, Paul, a wonderful Clarice. You nailed it. But thank you, Lawrence Hannibal. It just mm, it gets. I know. I agree. Has I that, that, that mm. feeling about about you that. You do yeah. do a good Clarice. Yeah. She does that Doctor Lecter all the time. It tickles me. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's fun to wake up to. Just Travis, yeah. I have your eggs. Travis, I have your coffee. Black, like you like it. Yeah. Is that good? Is that good? Delightful. Like that? Yeah. Like that? See, now Paul's pitch is pinned on his no, opinion I mean, about that's, that. That's the thing. I can't, I can't be objective at this point. But I mean, is that the, is that the official tiebreaker? We can just I mean, no, he's our guest. He can. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, my last fun fact, if anybody wants it, is Please. Julianne Moore is afraid of cows. So the hardest thing for her to film was that scene where she was driving through cows. We didn't even see her in the car. It could have been someone else. But it wasn't. And she <laughs> had a hard time. You know, that yeah. really adds to the psychological horror of the whole film. I know, right? that's interesting. Yeah. Being scared of cows. I had so, a, I've heard scared of horses. That makes sense. Yeah, horses yeah. are terrifying. Fuck horses. Yeah, yes. horses, yeah, horses are awful. I had I a dream that though. Julianne Moore bought a Komodo dragon and named it after every movie she did. So she just had a stable of Komodo dragons all named. Oh. After, like there's one named Magnolia and there's one named Hannibal. And she just, <laughs> one named the Big Lebowski. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that was a prophecy, Travis, that you just saw into her future. Yeah. I don't know that she, happened. yeah, I don't know that she doesn't. Was right. right? Funny, Who's to say? Where and it stuck in your subconscious, yeah. too. What's the funniest yeah. Julianne Moore movie to, for Kamuna Dragon to have the name? It would have to be an animated movie. Why? Because that would be the funniest thing to call a... No, not if the up. title's not funny Well, enough. let's let, I'm, I'm open to... Uh, um, what you got? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is a pretty know, funny pretty name funny for a Komodo name. dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Terry is who came up with the funniest uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lizard name for the Julianne Moore. Uh, yeah, you're right. We already clapped. So we already Thanks for listening to the follow-up showdown. We'll be back next time with a continuation celebration of the Indiana Jones trilogy. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can write a review and follow us on social media at the follow-up showdown on TikTok and Instagram and on Twitter at Pod. Check this out. <laughs> Silence of the land. Hello, Clarice. It's good to see you again. <laughs> no, 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 no.